Shabbat Shalom, everybody, and we got Gary with us here today. Excellent, excellent. And did you have a good week there, Gary? It was busy, but it was good. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you get a chance to uh, read a little bit of the uh, of the Aparshas this week? Very little, like literally very. Very little. little? Yeah. Okay. Did uh, did you have any questions that you want to start all, out with before this week starts? But probably when people get going, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's one thing I had." Absolutely. That's one thing, now, that's if one that, thing I'm working on bad is note taking and going. Oh, I don't quite understand this, and then I I need to write down stuff beforehand, even like little cliff notes and stuff, you know, or comments. I'm just, I'm really really bad at that. It's one thing I still have to implement <laughs> in my life. Oh, of course. And, and, you know, that's one of the things I got to do to get started here every week is to get those notes going Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I think I got like 22 slides this week. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to be covering a lot of stuff here today, Mm -hmm. but um, let's see here. Uh, Let's see if I have any announcements here. Yeah. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, after Shabbos, um, make sure to go head on over to lapidjudaism.com. Make sure to go and, uh, Check out uh, the new book that we have out. Uh, that is the uh, books of the Maccabees okay. that we have for sale on in the store. So you know anybody who's looking for that, make sure to go and check that out and get get yourself a copy and all that stuff. You know, perfect for Hanukkah yeah. and all that stuff. Um, let's see the radio station, of course, as you guys know, LapidJudaism.com. Mm-hmm. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, mm-hmm. all that good stuff, and. Yep, that's about it. Now, 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 what book do you have there, big guy? Oh, um, usually I have um, <clears throat> I have the two commentaries. I have Ray, Ray Bash's book, and I have, of course, the classical mm-hmm. Walk Genesis. Oh, okay, cool deal, cool yeah. deal. Well, let us go ahead and get started by going into prayer. Yeah. Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, Master of the Universe, who has sanctified us in the words of your Torah, Father. I ask, Father, that you be with each and every single one of us as we go through your parshas here today, Father. I ask that uh, that you give us each a little bit of chokmah, a little bit of da'at, and uh, that you help in preparing us for our week going forward after the Shabbos is over. We ask these things, we pray these things in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I guess we'll go ahead and get started in our uh, Semitic language segment of the uh, teaching here today. And uh, let me go ahead and pull up that first slide here. And uh, what it says here is, And that's one of the words we're going to be looking at. Shem Gedola. Leah, Vishem, Haktana, Rachel. And in the English, uh, from the Orthodox Jewish Bible, it says, And Laban had two banot. The Shem, the name of the elder, was Leah, and the Shem of the younger was Rachel. Yep. Now, the thing with this, um, this slide here is that we have the term banot. Mm-hmm. Right there. Now, here's one of the things that I often get into this, to discussions with. Before the broadcast, you and I were talking about Zitziot on the Talit Gadol uh-huh. and all that stuff. And uh, I, you know, as always, I'm wearing my 
uh, Talit Katan and all that. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, when people uh, go into an Orthodox shul or, you know, any sort of uh, part of greater Judaism, right. any of the, uh, like here's uh, what I was, be it. Right. Like, here's what I was talking about. As you can see, you know, it's a regular Katan, mm -hmm. but it's a clipped on. See, that's the little thing I had a question about. Yeah. And maybe somebody in the uh, in the uh, chat can give us a little bit of a halakhic thing on that because I, in all honesty, I've never seen that before. But however, the yeah. thing I'll say is that Gary's rabbi, who's a great guy, Rabbi Yehuda Ben Shamir, told him, uh, you know, that basically, you know, in terms of the Judaism he is studying, that is totally kosher and that's totally fine. Right. Um, but the reason I, why I, I bring this up. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. <clears throat> I know. I mean, there are some messianics that clip these onto the belt loops. You know what I mean? I think that's the main purpose. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and of course, us, we're like belts. And pants are not four cornered garments, you know. You, you kind exactly. of look a little it, ridiculous trying to fulfill Torah without looking into the Torah to see how it's fulfilled. You know what I mean? Exactly. And plus, you know, the thing with with that, and we're getting a little bit off topic, but we'll we'll get on get on to yeah, this. Yeah, uh, with track. that, it, it's it's okay. I, I just want to say this: the reason for the talit katan is because a, a vast majority of the garment is underneath a person's clothing mm -hmm. thus showing that uh the first of all that we are taking the entire torah into consideration yeah. considering that the entire torah is engulfed uh, -huh. uh between two letters the bait and the lamed which yeah. make up the word lave which means heart in okay. hebrew uh -huh. okay and so basically a majority of the fulfillment of the torah is unseen it's fulfilled within the heart so that when it's done done for what is called lishma Hashem for the sake of God, mm -hmm. that it is done the proper way as opposed to doing it for the sake of self or doing it for the sake of the Torah. Right. You know, and so right. that's that's the reason why the Talit Katan is the proper way in terms of halakha to uh, to do the zitzit. Mm -hmm. But um, in terms of this word that is here within. Uh, this verse is we have the word banot, okay? Now, the word banot, um, I get into discussions with people on this all the time because when you go to an Orthodox synagogue or any part of greater Judaism, yeah. you're not going to see women wearing zitzit, uh -huh. okay? Yes. Just like, you know, you're not going to see women wearing a um, uh, set, of, set of tefillin either. Right. And why is that? Because when the commandments are given in terms of dress code, we have what, is, what it says, B'nai Israel, as opposed to Banot Israel. B'nai, in many of your Bibles, will be translated as children, Yes, but it's probably better translated as sons, okay? Because it has the word Ben, the Ben or the Beit and the, um, the, uh, the Nun. The okay. noon sofit within within it, which uh, shows that, that that it's a male thing. But we have certain commandments, such as the commandments of kashrot, mm -hmm. the commandments of Shabbos, that do say b'nei Israel. It doesn't say b'nei v'banot. Uh, you know, it doesn't say sons and daughters. But the thing that we have to understand, though, is that considering those, those are commandments for both men and women because. One of the things that we have to realize is that, first of all, 
as the sages say, a person is not complete. He's not a fully functioning man until he is married. And so when you are doing Shabbos, you know, and you are the head of the household, you are going to be, you know, uh, doing Shabbos as a family. When it comes of Kashrot, who's going to be cooking the meals? Mm -hmm. It's going to be the wife. So she's going to honor Kashrot, you know, considering, you know, and so these are some of the things that make, you know, when you have the whole things of dress within that of the Bible and you have tefillin, you have tzitzit, and you have benay there, but then you have the women's dress and it says banot, it, it greatly differentiates the two being separate there. So that's one part of this. Anything you'd like to say on that before it is that we go to the other part of the um, Hebrew here? <clears throat> well, ba well, basically, you know, like um, <clears throat> probably what Moshe or even the rabbis and sages were trying to set, set apart that, you know, like um, the thing is, is that, like in Mars society, no matter how much you're trying to intertwine or put on the same playing level, I mean, men and women will always be different because we are biologically, emotionally, we are always going to have difference in us. <clears throat> and so, you know, like, you know, <clears throat> like me and um, it's like, you know, me and Karen, we work our tail off in our job. No problem. But when we come home, I cook at, at work. Karen cooks at home. <clears throat> mm hmm. You know, and I'm more like, you know, the dish guy, like I'll do the dishes and clean the house a little bit before she gets home and stuff like that. And so part of my and like it's like, you know, part of my getting ready for Shabbos, you know, like I try to prepare like a day before. So that way there's not so much pressure to come in and clean the house. And, <clears throat> and you know, basically all we have to do is just gather around at sunset and go, OK, you ready to do this? And, and if we get around our little table, we'll light the Shabbos candle and. <clears throat> And just us are into Shabbat, you know what I mean? Then sit down and be like, okay, Shabbat Shalom, you know? <clears throat> Absolutely. But Absolutely. there is, but there is that, that difference. And um, <clears throat> I was kind of thinking about, you know, the revolution um, in Israel, you know, where, you know, Israeli women are trying to get permission to wear tefillin and stuff like that. And, uh, and you know, the leaders are opposing them, you know, and stuff like that, and even arresting them. Yeah, that's a that's an organization that is called Open Judaism. It's it's yes. kind of an LGBT kind of thing I that's that. going on over there. Yeah, I got that. Bro. Yeah, and the thing is, though, it's like yeah, it's like even though these commandments are geared to men, they're not exactly forbidden. You know, forbidden to women. You know what I mean? When yeah, I yeah, they're not. The, yeah, that is that is that is true. You know, um, oh, that's, um, that's something that I haven't really hammered. Yeah, that's something I really haven't hammered home enough in terms of that. That no, you know, I mean, uh, it, it basically. I mean, oh, go like ahead. You can't at the moment. You can't at the moment because <clears throat> we're just basically trying right now <clears throat> to fulfill the commandments of Hashem, and not exactly, <clears throat> exactly what's culturally right. You know, that'll come later on. Absolutely, absolutely. It seems that I had dropped off there for nah, a second okay. somehow. I, I, I figured you could still hear it because I could see me, so I figured you could still see me and stuff. So, Oh, absolutely. But there's another part of the Hebrew of this particular verse as well, mm -hmm. and um, it deals with two words that we have in here. Now, do you have your Bible translation there with you? My Bible translation? I have Hallelujah Scriptures. I have that. I got... Um, 
my Jewish Bible here, my complete Jewish Bible. Okay. Um, what do I, now, what would I need? And, any of the ones that you have, I guarantee you every single one of them say that Leah was older and oh, okay. that Rachel was younger. Oh, okay, sure. Is that is that what it says in your translations there? Yeah, I'm getting down here. Yeah, yeah, when it can be Rachel along the bond and my father. Yes, it does. Uh-huh. Okay. Now the thing with that, however, is the Hebrew actually doesn't say that. No, it doesn't, but our <laughs> <laughs> now the Hebrew actually says um the two words that are used there, one the one that is that is used in terms of Leah mm -hmm. is the is uh the word that you see right over here, which is the word Hagedolah. Yeah, uh -huh. which That's means the one on top, right? Bigger? Yep. Yep. It means Hagodola, right? Yep. Or is it Hagoda Hagola? Ha is that? Yeah, well well right right over here we don't have the ha in the slide, yes. but uh, we'll just say uh because it, uh, the ha is the so it'll be uh a gedola, okay? okay? And you know, this is also where we get the word gadol, but yes. in the feminine it's gedola. Okay. Which means yeah, bigger or greater is what that means. Now, in terms of Leah, the word that we have over there is haktana. And that's the word that you see uh, right over there, uh, which actually means smaller. Mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that she was younger, though she was, yeah. but the Hebrew actually doesn't, doesn't, doesn't say that. Now, yeah. the question that we have is why does the Hebrew say that? Do you want to take a guess as, as to why that is? Why doesn't why doesn't the Hebrew say that she was smaller or younger? No, no, it actually says smaller, and then it also says greater for, in terms of Leah. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the Hebrew renders it that way? Because hmm. maybe she was an elder, like the <clears throat> basic elder. Because because <clears throat> I was reading down, because I was reading down here, you know, like Laban had two daughters. They, Name the elder was Leah, and they named the younger was Zing, and Leah's eyes were weak, but Rael was lovely of form and appearance, and Yaakov loved Rachel, Rahel, so he said, let me serve you seven years for Rahel, your younger daughter, and stuff like that. So I'm sorry, I kind of missed that one right at the moment, so I was trying to go over yeah. to catch up. Well, see, the reason why the Hebrew uh, doesn't have um, older or younger or elder or younger um, technically in, in, in the Hebrew is because of the fact that in terms of Leah, the reason why she was greater is because of the fact that she was, uh, she received the eternal priesthood Oh, okay. because of the fact that she was the mother of Levi. Okay. She, uh, she basically received that, that kingdom forever because she was the mother of Judah as well in the line of David. Okay. That you know, as you get as you know, comes through Judah. Mm -hmm. She also received Jerusalem, as it is written in uh, Joel chapter three verse twenty. It says, "For Judah will be inhabited forever, and Jer Jerusalem for all generations." So this is the reason why it talks about her kingdoms being bigger or greater or more long lasting. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Now, in terms of Rachel, the reason why it says that Rachel was smaller is because of the fact that she received Joseph as the as the rabbis say for only an hour, meaning she only had him for a very short time. And the king, um, the king Saul, that comes from her lineage, was for a very short time. And also, um, she also had Shiloh for an hour as yeah. well. So, so this is the reason why that is. Any uh, questions on that before it is that we get to the um, the whole uh, uh, Hasidic theology and Vayetze? No, no, go right ahead. All righty. Now, as everybody knows, we go and we uh, put these into uh, various um, segments whenever we go through the Torah portion. Now we're getting into our Hasidic theology and mm -hmm. Vayetze. Yes. And so where we are going to start with this is actually from Genesis chapter 28, verse 13. And it says in there, uh, well, hold on. Before we get into to that, Michael has a question here. He said, I thought they were twins. Nope, yeah. actually, they were not twins there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Michael's a good guy. He, uh, But uh, no, I, I, don't know, I don't know where he got that from. If he has a source to where it was said that, to said that, I would love to see that. But um, anyway... Um, in Genesis chapter 28, verse 13, it says, suddenly God was standing over him and he said, um, I am God, the God of, of Abraham, your father, and the God of Yitzhak. I give you, um, give to you and to your descendants the land which you are laying. Now, it's very interesting here that within this verse is that who does it say is Yaakov's father. It says that Avraham Avenu is yeah. his father and not Yitzhak. That's kind of curious, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So the thing with this is, is that, you know, did the, did the uh, scribes make a mistake whenever they had written this or, you know, what's going on here? Because every single Torah scroll and every single Homish, every single one of them has this, oh. you know, so that's a, it's a very curious thing here as to why it says, it says this. And we can start to understand why it says this yes. when we go to that of, Genesis 13, 16. Yes. And as well, reading from the Gotna Komish, it says, I will make your descendants like the soil of the earth. He's talking to Avraham Avenu here. Just as a man who is not able to count the soil, the particles of the earth, so your descendants will not be able to be counted. Okay? So basically, you know, he basically says the same thing there to Avraham Avenu. And we also have this over here in Genesis chapter 28, verse 14. Yep. It says, your descendants will be as widespread as the dust on the earth, and you will be strong in the west and in the east and in the north and the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your descendants. Now, here he's over here talking to that 
mm-hmm. of Yaakov. He's not right. talking to Abraham, Abraham Avenu, but he's basically saying the exact same thing to Yaakov that he said to Abraham Avenu. Yes. Any, any, any idea as to why this could be? <clears throat> Any idea there, Gary? Uh, not the moment. Someone else caught my eye and <clears throat> got a little distracted. <laughs> oh, not a problem. No, not a problem. About, <clears throat> I read about I <clears throat> I was reading a part here in this commentary where it says the Talmud says that Esau committed five sins on the day Abraham Alveno died. I was like, what? And then mm-hmm. while well, I was trying to listen to you, so Oh, okay. <laughs> so totally distracted. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's a little weird. <laughs> well, we start to get a little bit of clarity in terms of this when we go uh, to this verse here uh, from Genesis 14, 21. Mm-hmm. And see, if we're going back and forth from Avraham to Yaakov here, and yeah. there's a reason why we're doing this. Okay. Good thing yeah. I got some disciples here. So we're going to Genesis 14 <laughs> right now, right? Genesis 14, 21. Right. It says, uh, the king of Sodom said to Avram, give me the people, not of mine whom you've captured, and take the possessions for yourself. Okay? Now, basically, what was happening here is Avraham Avenu was already a wealthy guy. Yeah. Okay? Now, the thing is that the king of Sodom was wanting to also give Abraham money. But the last thing he wanted was to say that, you know, he ended up going and getting money from the king of Sodom. He said, no, give me the people. Give me the people. And many people will look at this on the surface and say, okay, well, he wanted to get the people out of there. You know, he wanted to, you know, go and, you know, just, you know, get get them out of there before the destruction and all of these things. That's the reason why it is that he was asking this but it it that actually about, is do you think he yeah knew about oh absolutely oh he knew it was coming he had that okay. he had the he had the conversation with hashem okay uh throughout the whole thing and also in terms of that it's very interesting the way the good Homish goes and renders this next verse here it says in uh genesis 12 5 that Avram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all the possessions which he had acquired, and the people that they had, and in Targumim it says converted, and Choron, and they departed heading for the land of Canaan. They arrived in the land of Canaan. Now this is very interesting. It said that there were people in Sodom and Canaan in which it is that, you know, whenever it goes and talks within the Talmud, it says, go out and make souls. Yes. You know, we see this within the scripture as well. Go and make souls. And this, you know, first of all, we have to realize that Avraham Avenu was the world's first Jew. Mm-hmm. There were none other before that of Avraham Avenu. Yes. And so the thing about it, though, is that when it came to the idea of descendants of seed, in the Jewish world, it is not actually him going and fathering a child, for he was already old at this point. Yeah. You know, he thought, hey, my time for that is way behind me here. You know, that's not what it was about. He thought that the entire idea 
of building the Jewish people and having his seed, his Zerah, being all throughout the world and being massive mm -hmm. was through converting others to monotheism. Okay. And so we also get a um, get a uh, a look into this in the next verse here. Yeah. Where we see Avraham Avinu is getting a little bit upset with that of Hashem. It says in uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 3, Avram said, look, you have given me no children. So there is no point in rewarding me as a member of the household will inherit me. Now, the thing with this is that, first of all, whenever it is that a person converts to Judaism, Whenever it is that a person uh, becomes a part of Israel and becomes Jewish, yeah. they are a part of their rabbi's genealogy in many ways. Mm. You know, this is something that goes all the way back to the time of Avraham Avenu. Uh -huh. They're a part of his genealogy. And so the thing that is interesting about this is when we look at this and we say to ourselves, Hashem made a promise to not only to Yochov, but he also made a promise to Avraham Avenu in terms of this about their seed and all of this stuff uh, being more numerous than the sand, more numerous than the stars. We have to ask ourselves, how big, honestly, is the Jewish community right now? It's not that big, is it? No. Well, as we far are as probably. Numbers, you know, as far yeah. as quote numbers are concerned. But, you know, like if you count the people that have a heart and love Israel, even devout Christians who have a heart for Israel and pray for Israel, even though they might not consider themselves Jewish. And, of course, you've got like, say, secular Jews that don't give a flying flip about their Judaism or about their Jewish pastor or wandering out there in the world. Imagine the Holy Spirit coming upon them and them getting rebirthed. Kind of like I did, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't give a flying flip my Jewishness. I mean, <clears throat> my I mean, my mother was Jewish, didn't acknowledge it, didn't celebrate it, didn't do nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I only found I only found out, and I and my Jewishness only awoke when a, a Messianic rabbi prayed over me, and it was one of those spiritual moments where I couldn't understand what he was saying, and <clears throat> and I don't know. It was just like curiosity awoke, and then it was like. What the heck, you know? And my Absolutely. journey began from that, you know. So it was just a whole story on that. So I kind of say I went through conversion myself. And they were like, you don't need to convert. And it's like, you don't understand, guys. I'm new to this. I want to know everything. So yeah, I want to go for the whole entire dang thing, you know. So and absolutely, is, I'm you know. Still, <clears throat> I'm still a student, you know, if I'm not a student of Yeshua HaMashiach, I'm a student of you, I'm a student of Rabbi Rabbi Ben Shomer, I'm a student of Rabbi, Rabbi Glebe in Chicago, you know, anybody that I, can, the whole, that I can glean wisdom from in my walk of Judaism, I'm a student of, even if it's just, if I walk in a class that one day, you know. Absolutely, and you know, speaking of, speaking of Rabbi Yehuda, something that, uh, with with uh, him that I got to speak with him about uh, last uh, uh, earlier this this week actually plays plays into the entire idea here 
-hmm. of, you know, um, oh, and the thing I forgot to mention is the reason why it is that it mentions, um, it says that uh, Yaakov's son is Avraham and not Yitzhak is because of the fact that Avraham Avenu encapsulated Chesed and that um, Yaakov um, encapsulated Tiferet and Yitzhak um, encapsulated that of uh, Gevorah. So in many ways, spiritually, he was more connected mm -hmm. to that of Avraham Avenu than he was his, his own father, which was Yitzhak. Yeah. So that's the reason why it, it has that there. But, you know, when I was talking to Rabbi Yehuda, um, you know, he was tell, telling me, you know, he said, he said, dude, I never thought, you know, and he's a rabbi, first of all. And he said, dude, I never thought that I'd be a pastor of, I think it's a Baptist church, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That he's, you know, and, and, and I was, and I, and I was, I was like, oh, well, you know, I mean, heck, you know, and he's, you know, Tell me about it, thinking, you know, that I'm going to be like the, the Hebrew Roots crowd. Instead of there going, what in the world are you doing? You know, and all this. Why aren't you kicking down the doors and teaching them? To and the thing that I always end up saying is that, first of all, I see my Christian brethren as being B'nai Avraham. Mm -hmm. Because we see through the words of the Apostle Paul yeah. how we had people that were in the diaspora. Yeah. People who had, had no ties to Judaism whatsoever. All of a sudden become going and um, worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were to go and take Judaism and all of its different facets, whether it be Orthodox Judaism, Conservative Judaism, Reformed Judaism, as well as Messianic Judaism, Lapid Judaism, and then you add Christianity on top of that as well, who I, who I honestly say the Christians are indeed a part of Israel. Absolutely. You know, we may disagree theologically, but we all worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We all have the same Mashiach. Mm -hmm. When we add them into the fold, we see that this prophecy does indeed come true. Right. That so that's the I followers. Forgot, I forgot about those brethren. That's why <clears throat> that's part of it. Like I was trying to figure <clears throat> those who align, who align and grasp Torah and stuff like that. You know, and it's like, okay, we got millions of Christian brethren out there. <clears throat> who will see Mashiach in in pure form, you know what I mean? Absolutely, you know, and, and, and if you really think about it, things like the, you know, for instance, the Hebrew Roots Movement and all that stuff, how many more commandments do they keep more than, than Christians? I could probably think of maybe five. Yeah. That's it. They may five keep, more. They may, <laughs> That's keep, they may keep Shabbat. They may do Passover. They may do Sukkot. They may do Yom Kippur. Yeah, and do and do some sort of uh, of kashrut, you know, some right. some form of it. Maybe not full yeah. on kashrut, but right. you know. So you know, you have all of those things in there, and 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 I and, and I say to myself, you know what? In all honesty, the Hebrew Roots movement really needs to stop badgering our Christian brethren, you know, uh, because otherwise, if you if you if you they continue to do this, then they're saying that this prophecy here can't come true. Yeah, that it's no, not going to happen. Oh, I know. Trust me. I've, but, I've ever had my run-ins and stuff with those guys. You know, <clears throat> that's cool. It's like I just wish them peace and shalom on them. And pray that the Holy Spirit will graft us into true, true unity and stuff like that. But <clears throat> I've learned I've learned how I've learned the art of fighting and not fighting very well. Just like, you know, me <laughs> absolutely. Karen, we're a part of a small vineyard church. 
they are not Jewish mm-hmm. whatsoever, but they are, but they let me be Jewish, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Well, I can Absolutely. walk into my seat seat and stuff like that, and they don't like badger me. I can walk into with a kippah and stuff like that, and they don't like give me any problems and stuff like that. But, but you know, here in the Quad City, we don't have a big Jewish community. But you know, my my little, but we have like a small vineyard church. We have like a hundred people, and those guys have a, and and we're set in a really bad part of town, and those guys have a a big burden to bring lost dark souls to Hashem. They have a burden, Absolutely. Burden, you know, it's like they say, we yes. want these people to repent and come and be born again and be a part of the Lord, you know? Absolutely. Now we got a, uh, um, Michael followed up with us here. Yeah. I dropped and back he said, and said me and twins, sister wives and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm reading his little comment here. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and read, uh, read it out loud there. Yeah, I dropped back to look for the source regarding regarding them being twins. It was in a video of Mendel Kaplan's sister wives. After a quick review, he simply states that we have a tradition that Rachel and Leah are twins. He doesn't cite the source. Okay, well, you know, I, I you know, um, it'd be good if if uh, you know, and Mendel Mendel Kaplan is a wonderful scholar. He's with uh, Chabad, as a matter of fact, you get a lot of his, uh, uh, if you go to Chabad.org, you can get his sermons and all that mm-hmm. stuff right over there. Um, I might have to give that give that a listen because I've never heard that before. I'm not going to, um, um, you know, uh, fight with him on that. Um, you know, uh, he, he may be right. But, you know, what I was going back to in terms of that in the previous segment was that, you know, we have the word uh, Gedolah. Over there for um, for uh, uh, Leah, which actually means bigger or greater, and uh, we have Haktana for that of um, of uh, Rachel, which actually means uh, smaller. Uh, but we have one more thing in terms of this whole thing with Avraham Avenu and with uh, Yalchov, right? And this is from the from the Or Chaim. And uh, he says there, uh, the reference, and your seed, exclude children of Isaac, who would not qualify as his, Abraham's seed, in the spiritual sense of the word. And that goes back to, first of all, Yitzhak, Isaac being Gevorah, and of that of um, Avraham Avenu being Chesed, and with that of... Um, mm-hmm. um, of Yachov being uh, Tiferet. Yes. And so that's the reason for that there. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So any uh, questions on, on that whole thing before it is that we go to the uh, to the next little thing here? <clears throat> well, this, I was just reading over earlier, like, uh, from, let's see, I saw it down here. Like, you know, when Hashem said, this man will not be your heir. No, your heir will be a child from your own body. Then he brought him outside and said, look up in the sky and count the stars. If you can count them, mm-hmm. your descendants will be that many. He believed in Adonai and he, cre- and it cred- and he credited to him as righteousness. Because that's, that, that's, <clears throat> that's one of the things that people say, you know, I have <clears throat> asked, how did people believe before Yeshua came and made atonement for us. 
Yeah, we'll see. Well, one of the things that we have in terms of that is in the, uh, I believe it's in the book of Ephesians, mm -hmm. where it actually says that, that, of, that, uh, that Avraham was saved through Emona. He was mm -hmm. saved through faith. Right. Now, one of the things with that is, however, within the verse that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. he had more than just a Muna. Yeah. He also had Betolchem, which means trust. Yeah. You know, have, you know, a person can go, go around, I have faith, I have faith that, well, that's great. But right. do you have Betolchem to right. that of Hashem? Do you have mm -hmm. trust in what it is that he says that he is going to do and that he is going to fulfill it? Yeah. And we see that Abraham Avenu has such betachen, such trust in Hashem, that he put Yitzhak on the altar, you know, and, and said, you know, I, I, I know that Hashem's going to intervene here. Right. And so. And he was kind of like thinking, as you, as you <clears throat> yeah, because I think it was a mention before, you know, like, um, like we've seen pictures of, of uh, poor Isaac as this little small child. And and yeah, I think you mentioned that you know Isaac may have he been was thirty six adult, yeah, young twenty six adult may have just laid down and go, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but I trust you. And there's <clears throat> Abraham like, okay, I'm okay, Lord, I'm waiting, I'm about to do this. Stop! Oh, and he's like, okay, <laughs> like I've been waiting for you, <laughs> like absolutely that kind of trust, and like, that. Oh, absolutely! Like that kind of trust itself. But I've also heard like the the like um are the righteous looked forward to when Messiah will make atonement, like like when Hashem will make atonement or make them righteous. Like I don't know, like to, to those who didn't know about Mashiach's coming, you know, besides besides the prophecies of him, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I wonder Absolutely. if they were held in paradise until Mashiach came, ascended, and completed his work. And then they were like, you are free to enter into my presence now. That's just a whole other thing. You know, it could be Talmud. It could have been, you know, like the Jewish, the, our, our Tanakh brethren look forward while we look back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I understand where, you, where, where you're right, coming from there. And that's a very good analogy. Very good analogy. Well, you know, finally, in terms of the uh, the uh, Hasidic, Hasidic portions of the Torah portion for this week, we do have this final thing in, in this segment that we're going to go on to Messiah within the Torah. Uh -huh. We have in Galatians 3.16, it says, Now the promises were made to Avraham and to his seed as a covenant. He did not say the seeds as of many, but seed as of one that is Mashiach. So this entire concept here of the, you know, the the seed being as numerous of the stars of Avraham Avenu, this is the reason why it is that that Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, is making this note in the book of Galatians here, is because of that very promise, the people are brought in to the covenant of Avraham Avenu through that of Mashiach. Absolutely. So um, I guess we'll go on to our next cool. segment. And right. what we do in this segment here, the Messiah and Vietze. Absolutely. Is in this segment, we go and we find the Messiah within that of the Torah portion. And where we are going to start out here today in terms of this is we're going to be starting out in Genesis chapter 30, verse 22, reading yes, from the sir. Strong Edition yes. Tanakh. 
it says, God remembered Rachel. God hearkened to her and he opened opened her womb. And the word for open there is actually also uh, the uh, a word that uh, can be translated as one of the types of nakud. It sounds exactly the same. It's the word patach. Okay. And so the word patach that is there not only means to open, but it can also mean to unlock. Okay. Now, this is a very interesting idea that her womb would be unlocked. Okay. And here's the reason why it's interesting is that we have this uh, reading from Talmud and uh, Ta'anit. Uh, ta 2a through 2b it says rabbi yohanan uh said three keys are in the hand of the holy one blessed be he that are not handed over to the hand of an agent and these are the key to reign the key to childbirth the key to resurrection of the dead the key to reign the lord will open up um open up for you his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain in your land in its yeah. season. Uh -huh. As we see in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12, the right. key to childbirth, God remembered Rachel mm -hmm. um, and God heard her and opened her womb. As we see in the verse we just read in Genesis chapter 30, verse 22. And the key to resurrection of the dead, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened the graves, as it says in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 13. You want to take a guess at how all of these things relate to the Messiah there, Gary? We'll look at, um, <clears throat> let's see. Prayed for rain. I mean, I was looking at the time and I was going to go for a moment. It's like, okay, I see this. I see this. I mean, resurrection of the dead. We got that part. Pray for rain. Would that be the Ruha Kadesh, maybe? <laughs> well, how about if we go to a couple of scriptures here and take okay, and sure. take a take, take a look at sure, this and I see if we can find it here. Was up there and I was trying to go for it. I need a summit. Oh, absolutely. Man, absolutely. Summit, I do. <laughs> well, let's see here. Matthew 16, 19. It says something yeah. very interesting. I'm reading this from the Orthodox Jewish Bible. It said I will give you the matechot, malchut hashemaim, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Oh, okay. And whatever you shall bind as asur, prohibited, on haaretz, in the, on earth, shall be bound as asur or prohibited in shemaim, in heaven. Mm -hmm. And whatever you shall lose, uh, loose as mutar, as permitted, on haaretz, on the earth, shall be loosened as mutar, permitted, in Shemaim. Very interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. Now, we got another one here from Revelation chapter 9, verse 1. The fifth angel sounded his shofar, and I saw a star that had fallen from heaven onto the earth, and he was given the key to the shaft mm -hmm. leading down to the abyss. Interesting, but did, we, we didn't know there was, there was this many talk about keys in here, right. did we? Mm -hmm. Within Revelation, yeah, in uh, Rev Revelation chapter 20, verse 1, 
it says this. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key of the bottomless pit and a giant chain. Mm -hmm. And that's reading from the Jewish annotated New Testament there. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the other key, we also have this in the Talmud in terms of tractate Sanhedrin 113a. It says, God replies to Elijah. Uh, three, oh, that should say keys as opposed to three lets. <laughs> Sorry for the for my typo there, guys. That's three okay. keys have <laughs> three keys have been entrusted to an agent. The keys of life that is birth, reign, and resurrection. Shall it be said, two of these keys are in the hands of the disciple, and only one remains in the hand of the master. Return the key of rain and take this one. Very interesting statement there, wouldn't you say? Hmm. Is that saying, like, is he saying choose, give the key of rain and take one of the other keys from the master? Yeah, because he gave one to Elijah to have right. it rain. Uh-huh, that's right. Absolutely. So, you know, in terms of this, we can also see the final one in Revelation Chapter 17, verse 18, reading from the ESV there, yes, or the RSV rather, it says, I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Very interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And now this this entire concept, I know this, this, this idea of the Mashiach being given the keys to all of these things is a very... It's a very deep concept. In fact, I have an I have, I have two books that are basically that deal mainly with this premise. Right. One is called Believe It or Not Keys to the Kingdom, mm -hmm. the uh, the uh, Kabbalah of Jesus Christ, and another one is called Yeshua and the uh, uh, Yeshua oh. and, the, uh, and the Kabbalah or Just the Kabbalah of Yeshua. Being twenty. Say what? Oh, my wife Nita had a question for me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the thing about that was that this is a very deep um, idea that is within the sod level of understanding, the deepest level of understanding of, of, of Judaism. Right. And But, you know, pretty, pretty neat stuff there, how, how these yeah. deep things that are being talked about in terms of, of, of Rachel, how it is that, you know, something we don't even think about is actually a shadow of the Messiah in many ways. Right, exactly. And... <clears throat> As a, you mentioned before, like, you know, the Messiah given, being given keys. I'm like, wouldn't he have the keys already? And he's already been. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, like, but I, I. Wouldn't he be the one holding the keys or and something? Like it was just one of those, huh, okay. We're talking about him getting keys and wouldn't he be holding the keys in the first place? That's something else. It's like, oh, that's all. And we also have another uh, thing in terms of the keys of childbirth as well in terms of that. You that know, because remember. To, like to Leah, right? Well, yeah, yeah, but uh, or go, going back to Rachel. But uh, however, we have another example of this because, first of all, who bore Yeshua? Miriam. Miriam, who was who was uh, Betola, who was uh, a virgin. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have that entire concept as well that we see has seen before with that of Sarah. Yeah. 
well, not that Sarah was a virgin, but however, going back to the closed mem right. within chapter nine of the book of uh, Isaiah, where we have the word le marbe with the mem sofit as opposed to the open mem signifying a closed womb that couldn't. Now the woman yeah, in the, the temple, couldn't. Her, her womb was locked up too as well, right? Absolutely. And then, you know, as, uh, you know Solomon that, you know, <clears throat> prayed over that, you know, like blessed her in her prayers after she found she was just in deep intercession for herself. Absolutely. So that's absolutely, for example, too, that he just said, may he said, no, may the, may the Lord grant your prayers and stuff. There's like, okay, she's not drunk. She's just in deep groaning of spirit. You know, she wants a kid, you know, so may you be. And she had the same. Exactly. Thing. She had the same thing. Absolutely. You know, and, and the thing about it was that this is just one of the many shadows of, of Yeshua within the Torah portion. Yesterday, I went and I talked about uh, the whole thing with the ladder and how the last word, when it talks about the angels going up and down uh -huh. uh, through the ladder and said so they were going up and down on it. The word that is used there is the word bow, uh, which is spelled bait vav and not like bow as in the Torah portion bow. That is pronounced the same way, but is spelled Beit Aleph. Yes. Um, it's which means either go or to come to. But the word Bo, as in Beit Vav, that are that is within the Torah portion there, also doesn't doesn't just mean it, but it also means him as well. Yes. And oh. so the rabbis and sages were talking about this, you know, in terms of it being either Yaakov or being the Mashiach, and then Yeshua goes and clarifies this. In John chapter one verse fifty one, when he says Ben Ha Adam, the Son of Man, yes. you know, and so, yep, 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 and um, in, in in fact, in the OJB, the Orthodox Jewish Bible, it says I.e. the Mashiach. Mm -hmm. So you know, so there's several different things that are shadows of the Messiah throughout this week's Torah portion. I just decided to to bring up one that not I haven't seen anybody else talk about, but. Uh, are we ready to go on to the Zohar, or is there something else there that is on your mind before we do? No, I think we're ready. Okay. And just for those who are watching live, if you guys have any questions at any point, make sure to go and put them into the chat here, and we'll make sure to address them. Uh -huh. Okay, so what we're going to be doing now is going to the Zohar, and what we do here is we go and we look at a passage from the Zohar, and we say, uh, you know, let's see if we can make some sense of this. So uh, what we're going to be doing today is going to Zohar Vayetze 43.384. Yeah. I see it. Small pin. And it says, And Yochov went on his way, and angels of Elohim met him, as it says in Bereshit, or Genesis chapter 32, verse 2. Rabbi Yabah began the verse, Male and female, he created them. In Bereshit, or Genesis chapter 5, verse 2. How much it behooves us to look into the words of the Torah. The secret of Zer Anpin, the central column. Woe unto the hard-hearted and the blindfolded, who cleave to the left column, blocked from Chokmah, which is eyes, and from Binah, called heart. For the Torah, which is of the central column, calls to them, Come eat my bread, which is drawn from the right column of the Torah, and drink of the wine, which I have mingled, which is drawn from the left column of the Torah, 
as we see in Mishlei chapter 9, verse 5. Whomever is simple, whoever clings to the left, let him turn in there. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him in Mishlei chapter 9, verse 4, but there is no no one to pay attention to pay her. Okay, now now this sounds like a really crazy, off-the-wall kind of woo kind of thing out there within the Zohar, doesn't it? Now, let's go and take a look at some, some of the things here. First of all, what is this concept of Zir Anpin? This concept of Zir Anpin mm-hmm. is when you have – let me see if I can find some chalk here. Okay. Real quick. See if I uh, have any here so I can give right. people a visual here. Yeah. Um, give me just a second to find some. One second. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Hopefully I'm able to get this in the shot here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make my screen bigger here. Yeah, I got a little corner so, of the board there. So, okay. Well, what I'm going to do is make the screen a little bit bigger here so people can see it. Oh, okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to draw. Uh, well, I'm I'm do this simply. I'm going to do three columns here. Sure. Oh, there we go. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. That, you didn't okay. Yeah, so we have three columns here. Sure. Now, in terms of the Sephiroth, there are ten parts of the Sephiroth. Yeah. And so the thing with this is Zer Anpin goes and encapsulates the entire middle pillar that is that is found right here. That's right. Uh-huh. But it also encapsulates a line right over here. Okay, now here's the reason why this is significant. Yeah. Okay, and I'm going to see if I can make this a little bit more comfortable here. Okay. <laughs> I'm adjusting this mic. Just be perfectly clear. Excellent. Now, the thing about those, you can see uh, charts of the Sephiroth where it's in the form of a man. Mm-hmm. Now, over, now the thing that's interesting is that within the Zohar, it says that the middle pillar of the Sephiroth is the Mashiach, the son of man. And you remember it talking about the left side and the right side earlier. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, the right side is the masculine part of God. The left side is the feminine aspect of God. The term Ruach HaKodesh, or Holy Spirit, is grammatically feminine. Yeah. Okay? Now, the thing with this is that the rabbis and sages say that uh, it, within the Zohar, that the middle pillar is actually the Mashiach, the, the Son of God. Now, the thing that's interesting is that if you see the form that is, that is drawn like a man, you have Keter that is on the top of the head, which is where the crown of thorns was placed on the head of Yeshua. Yeah. Uh-huh. Within Psalms, we see them talking about the Messiah— and it talks about the Mahut, the kingdom, being at his feet. This is right here. Mm-hmm. He was born of a virgin, which is in the genital region, which is Yesod. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that's interesting here is that in, in rabbinic Judaism, there's two comings of Messiah, even in rabbinic Judaism. There's Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. The suffering servant Messiah, which encapsulates Hasid. And the conquering king Messiah, which uh, encapsulates Givur, or judgment and strength. Yes. And so Zir Anpin is this entire middle pillar here with, as well, these, um, this, this little cross space right, right over here. Mm-hmm. And so 
the thing with this is that we end up seeing a great uh, deal of things such as this within the reading from the Zohar this week. Now let me go back to the split screen here. And uh, there we go. There's there's Gary again. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing the thing that's interesting here is that within the reading from the Zohar, it talked about the body being the bread and blood being wine. Yes. Uh -huh. Well, let us uh, go to uh, this reading then. Mm -hmm. Reading from the uh, Dalage Hebrew Gospels uh -huh. here. And make sure, yep. Yeah. From the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 17 through 20. Mm -hmm. He took the cup and made a bracha, which is a blessing. And he said, take it and, and distribute it. For I say to you that I will surely not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the kingdom of God comes. He took the bread and made a bracha, a blessing, and broke it. And he yeah. gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given on your behalf. Do this in remembrance. He did likewise. Basically see this entire diatribe right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From Luke 22 within that of the Zohar. This concept right here, exactly within that of rabbinic yeah. mystical thought. That's awesome. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, you can almost you can almost you can almost picture picture Yeshua like on on <clears throat> making atonement, you know, the arms stretched out, the pierced hands, the head exactly the stuff like that. If you want to visualize, you go, I see that, you know. Oh, absolutely! With the whole, I, uh, with the whole thing of Zeron Peen, absolutely. I, in fact, I did a, a a teaching on the concept of Zeron Peen. I think uh, several months ago. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, if anybody wants that teaching, I'll I'll I'll, I'll send that to them where I get really deep into that. And I think I have a whole lot more charts in terms of that oh, one, <laughs> maybe. But uh, yeah. Well, uh, Gary, do you have any questions or anybody in the audience who's watching live? If you guys have any questions, make sure okay. to go ahead and put them in back to, right now. Yeah, back to your, uh, back to your Zohar commentary. Um, you're talking about yeah. <clears throat> the left side and the right side. Like, you know, the left side was the feminine side of God, you know, with the Ruhakadesh. And would you consider that him also suffering in the resurrection, like um, walking on earth in the suffering and resurrection. And then the Messiah Ben David was when he'll come back and be the and be the reigning king. Like everyone will see him. Everyone will see him pierced. Everyone will see Mashiach as he is. You know. Like okay, here be the here be here be the best way to 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 describe that. Right. In terms of Mashiach, we yeah. have this right over here, and I'm going to circle that. Yeah. Uh-huh. These are all the attributes of Mashiach right over yes. here. Uh-huh. Okay? Yes. And you see how it kind of makes the form of a man and also yes. makes actually the oh, yes. form of a cross, as a matter of fact, as well. Yes. Now, over here is you have feminine attributes, such as Hokmah, such as Chesed, and all of these things. They are all right here. Yeah, I see it. Now we have God the Father, okay, mm -hmm. which is right over here on this side, which is the attributes of Bena as well as Gevura uh -huh. and so on and so forth down the line. Does that does that kind of help out there? Because in terms of oh, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, you can get the you you can get that from right over here and right over here because yes, Mashiach ben Yosef will be practicing Chesed 
and Mashiach ben David, the second coming of Messiah, deals with Gevorah, with judgment yeah. and strength. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Let's see here. I think we got something here from, uh, is that Jaina? I think that's how, how I pronounce it. If I, if I mispronounce your name, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. Always nice to watch your teachings. Oh, thank you very much, Jaina. Okay, I uh, don't seem that we have any other questions there. Do you have any anything else you'd like to add there, Gary? Um, I did say um, a congregation, Mishkan David in Rhode Island, somebody has a daughter who's very sick. He would like prayer from the body on her behalf. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and pray for her right now. And do you want to go ahead and lead us off in that? Um, sure, sure. Hold on a second. <clears throat> absolutely. Sure, like that. <clears throat> can't do this, you know. Uh, but Father, Lord, we come before you on this Shabbat, Lord. We don't know, we don't have to beg or plead, but Father, we come before you as the mighty king and warrior and healer. <clears throat> and Lord, we want to just <clears throat> pray for Leon's daughter, Father God. She's very sick today, and she he put it out there, and I told her, and I asked him if he if I could share his prayer request on this <clears throat> Torah torsion. He said, please do. So I'm doing that right now, Lord. And we, as the body of Messiah, Father, ask for your hand of miracles. We ask you, Lord, to touch her body, to reanimate. Father God, to do a mighty work, just show off your awesomeness over darkness and sickness and health and frailty, Father, and just strengthen Leon and Rachel with faith in you, Hashem, through Yeshua HaMashiach, Father. We love you, and we are so blessed that you are a living, loving God, and we just wait for you to move and and just destroy the work of Hatzalah, even this minute micro minute here, Father. We pray these things in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, hopefully you know, major healing comes her way. And mm -hmm. absolutely. So, you know, we're going to ask everybody else as well to go and uh, do that as well as they enter into this Shabbos as well. Yeah. Um, anything else there, Gary? No, that's great. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank everybody. Uh, thank thank all of you for joining us here today uh, for this week's study on the Torah portion by Yitzhak. Well, yeah. And we'll see you guys uh, next week as well. You all right. Yeah. So um, you, does everybody have Thanksgiving before then? Uh, right? yeah. Is it next Thursday? Yeah, we do. <clears throat> we do. Our, <clears throat> all right. So, yeah, we do. Our so we're all going to be nice and fat. Uh, no, I'll be busy, busy. We're going over to my daughter's house. So, and of course I'll be on grandpa day. So the kids will be battling over possession of me while I'm there. It'd be grandpa. No, he's my grandpa. You know, I have two. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, kids. I'm going to be fat next Friday. Oh, sure. I am <laughs> going be, to be, I'll be burning off any kind of fat whatsoever. So I'll be running around with them and stuff like that. And then I got to go to work the very next day. So there goes more fat burning. And <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to come in here going, Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we'll see everybody next week. So you want to learn Hebrew or Aramaic or maybe both? Make sure to check out HebrewandAramaic.com. All three of the instructors on the website have accredited Moray licenses to teach the languages that they teach on the website. You can take the lessons on your very own time, and they even have a Roku channel so you can learn from the comfort of your very own couch. 
With over 200 videos going step-by-step -step through the languages and all the various scripts and over 100 PDFs of exercises and quizzes, this is the most thorough set of lessons that you'll find anywhere on the languages of the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah. So visit HebrewAndAramaic.com today and sign up for only $15 a month.